Welcome to Sisterly Situations. Hi. Hi, I'm Missy. I'm Charlene. Fantabulous. <laughs> okay, so today we wanted to pick up a little bit more of our conversation about spirituality, which we both think is a topic that will continue over time. I, I believe that it's a lifetime journey. Uh-huh. So we'll jump right into it. So Cheryl had asked me before we started to talk about my journey and what I believe and like how I've gotten to where I am so far. So it really all goes back to yoga (laughs) and it goes back to that jar story. In fact, when I first started yoga, it was really all about, and for me, the reason that I got into it was all about stretching and doing cool poses and positions and kind of what I describe as now as oh my god it just left my brain um oh my god it just went out of my brain but really big like exaggerated expressions of positions that was really appealing to me I practice very differently now but it was always physical it was a physical aspect for me and so when I started doing yoga I did a beginner's workshop and there was some stuff uh, that touched lightly on the philosophy of yoga. And it is a very spiritual practice when you talk about the spirituality of it and the philosophy and the ethics of yoga. So all of this led me into my teacher training and I did not go to teacher training to dig more spiritually. I went to teacher training to learn how to teach yoga (laughs) and a lot of people go to deepen their practice. And when I got there, learning a lot about anatomy really kind of cracked me open in a way that it just, it, it made me see a completely different perspective in movement and, and the body and I think that that played a big role in making me more open to various, various uh, spiritual practices and ideas and theories. And then I also went vegan right after my teacher training. And I feel like through that, it also, that also opened me up to again, different perspectives, different ways of life and things that I didn't know or think about before. And I did not grow up going to church regularly. There was a period when I was really little where I went to Sunday school. And I think that's it though. I really do. I think that's it. So as a kid, I really didn't have much of a religious or spiritual journey at that time. So, so in my mid twenties, graduated teacher training and going vegan, I really did for the first time, really start, start thinking about spirituality and then start practicing some things. And one of the big things that you hear nowadays, I feel like a big buzz word is manifestation. And that is one of the things that really did start start that for me is this idea of manifestation and then and then 
following that meditation and doing those kinds of practices. And then I went to this training. It was a Y12SR training. It was really good. Uh, Yoga 12-step recovery. This woman combines 12-step recovery with yoga and created her own certification. And so I went and took uh, the training and it was really cool. It was really, really cool. And so this is where it goes back to my jar story, which I've told on here earlier in the podcast. I don't even know really what episode to reference that to, but I have talked about it. So I was in this training and they led us through this yoga nidra meditation, which is a full body relaxation. And I had what I describe as a, um, an out-of-body experience where I was able to kind of see myself in this room and I went into what felt like another realm and found this, felt like this hot, this warmth, this heat, and was trying to find it, came across this house that I fully recognized. I don't recognize it now. But at the time, I felt like I recognized it and I was following the source of heat. And so it led me to a closet and I opened up the closet and there were a bunch of boxes and I moved all the boxes. And there was this jar that was so hot. It was like on fire. And so I went to go touch this jar and it was hot. And so I didn't want to open it. But I I realized it was a lot of uh, repressed memories and thoughts and experiences that were essentially childhood trauma and probably beyond. I've now spent a lot of time very slowly unpacking that jar um, through my spiritual practices. So yeah, that was really my first like major, major spiritual experience. And it's just kind of grown from there and it's changed. It's taken many shapes and forms and so where did that lead you today? So what are some of your like foundational or like some of the structure around what you believe in today as far as your spiritual journey goes or believing in God and believing like what do you believe? What do you believe in? Well, it's funny that you say structure because it's not structured at all. <laughs> it's very like a free flowing because I do, I believe in God and I, and I interchange God for the word universe, for the word magic, for whatever you want to call it, higher power. So that's what I kind of mean by like, like there's no real structure and, and I don't follow a particular religious path, but I will talk to people of all different religions and be open to hearing them and also agree with a lot of what they say. And so I've noticed that for me, there's a lot of my interpretation. There's a lot of overlap in these different practices and I align with different aspects of a lot of them that I know of, right? There's so much stuff that I don't know. (laughs) So what are some examples? What are some things that like a lot that you've heard that you've been like, Oh yes, that resonates with me. Well, the first one that comes to mind, I already said on our last conversation about spirituality. So let me think of a different one. (laughs) Well, 
such an interesting question because it's like one of the ways that I'm deepening my relationship with my spirituality is incorporating prayer. And, you know, like somebody said recently, God has your back. And I found that very comforting. It's still hard for it to resonate with me because I still want to have my own back and want to have, um, I want to have control, (laughs) right? Like I want to, I want to control the freaking universe (laughs) a lot of the time. And so a lot of my spiritual practice is letting go and trusting in the universe and trusting in my higher power or God that has my back, just as I believe that everyone's higher power or magic or whatever it is to them has their back. What, you know, I think that we all have our own higher power and that the powers that be (laughs) or whatever have my back and that I'm not alone. That, that really resonates with me or it comforts me more than resonates with me. I'm still trying to trust and let that resonate with me more through that trust. So yeah, I feel like I'm being interviewed. (laughs) I mean, you are a little bit. (laughs) So some of that resonates with me. My journey has been a a little bit different Mm -hmm. in that I started much, 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 much younger. As a little kid, uh, I feel like I started to touch on my spiritual journey. I've always been drawn to nature-based practices. Hold on, I have to murder my cat. (laughs) Nature-based practices, gotta murder my cat. (laughs) Um, So I've always been drawn to things like learning about Native practices from Native Americans to African tribes to the Celtic practices of Ireland to Norse mythology and different things like that I've always always been drawn to what leads to some of these beliefs and mythologies I've always been drawn to nature and just sitting outside and being outside like just being and playing and and sometimes that manifested in like my when I was a little kid I remember grandma would be like, who are you talking to? And be like, my invisible friends. (laughs) Because that's always how I felt. I always felt comforted by I wasn't alone. Now, maybe that some of that is my childhood imagination, but some of that's never left me. Mm. Um, And like, I can remember times being lost and feeling like there was someone there who helped me find my way through the woods because I used to love to go like wander through the woods for whatever reason and get lost. And I can always find my way out. And I always find somebody who helps me in those kinds of moments. Now in day in day life, I don't feel like anyone's there helping me. (laughs) It's really freaking hard. But when I feel like, I don't know. I, there's also been times when, like, as an adult, I, I have a terrible sense of direction, right? Yes. You know, I can get lost going in a straight line. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I remember there was one time I was going to Pennsylvania with mom, or we were on our way back from Pennsylvania to, to New Jersey. 
and we went the wrong way. Mom's no better with directions than I am. So we definitely went the wrong way. And eventually we were like, we don't, we turned around so many times. It was like, I don't know if we're going in the right direction or not. And we passed by a Harley Davidson. Uh-huh, yeah. And mom was like, if you see the Harley Davidson, you know you're going in the right direction. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've been like on a long, on a long distance travel and like, I'm going wrong. I don't know if I'm going the right way or not, or if I should. And when I'm like, I feel like I should turn around. I see a Harley Davidson sign. Yeah. Like, there, there's a store. And I'm like, no, don't turn around. You see the Harley, you're going the right way. <laughs> There's been other times I was going through like the DC area and there was a detour that I had to take and I had to go through a not so great neighborhood. And as I was going off an exit, there was one single tree and it was springtime. And the way that the sun, it was like sunrise, it was just after sunrise. And the way that the sunshine was going through this tree I remember just stopping and being in awe of it and and driving towards the tree, towards the exit, just being like, I'm going to go this way and got back on en route. And I was like, that tree was the gift of my guidance. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. He loved that, but not the Harley. <laughs> I love the Harley Same thing. thing. <laughs> no, but I've always said our, our great aunt, died when I was two years old and I've always said I feel like she's my guardian angel and she's looking out for me and I've always felt connected with her I don't know why because she died when I was two but there are times when I am particularly frustrated or things are happening and I'm just like Aunt Judy could you get can I get your focus here please like I need you <laughs> and, uh, so sometimes I'm just talking to her and maybe that's maybe that's why everything sometimes gets a little messy because she was a little bit messy. Uh -huh. But I've, I've always felt like a connection and I've always felt her love. So I do feel like there's a, there's a higher power. I just put a face to it of a loved one that's passed. And since then we've had so many other people who've passed. I'm like, all right, I need y'all to, can y'all pay attention? I'll let me for a minute here. I feel like there's <laughs> enough of you now. <laughs> like, let's get our ducks in a row. Like, now that yeah. you're all reunited, I need some help. <laughs> uh, now that you're <laughs> all reunited. <laughs> let's stop letting everything break. But still, <laughs> in those moments, I, I mean, I still go to my aunt's grave and spend time there and when I'm flustered or when I'm aggravated and I just need to clear my mind, I'll just go sit in the cemetery. And before I really knew where she was buried, I used to do that. I used to just walk through cemeteries and sometimes just find a headstone that I was just like, I'm going to sit here and talk to you. That probably sounds morbid and creepy, but. <laughs> right. I was just thinking, I was like, hmm. For our listeners. <laughs> listeners, I have always been drawn to to the darker side of things, I guess, sometimes. Like cemeteries and even like the media I consume. There's a lot of like vampires and witches and things until they started to sparkle. Then I was like, ew, gross. 
<laughs> That's a very specific dig. <laughs> but even anything after that, like the new AG kind of things, when it started to become mainstream, I remember a librarian once being like, how come every time you have to do a paper, you pick something like witches or like, why do you want to do a paper on the Salem witch trials? Why do you want to do a paper? Like you're eight. <laughs> you're eight. <laughs> you're eight. What, why is this even something that you're interested in? Uh, yeah. So I've, I've always been drawn to that kind of, that kind of practice and thoughts. And I, I do believe that nature has a spirit and a connection. Um, mm -hmm. I know on our last thing, you, you said something about colors of the wind. And I've always been like, yeah, it's kind of a mixture between, you know, circle of life and colors of the wind. If you mix <laughs> together, yes, Native American practices and African tribal practices and those thoughts. It's a, it also amazes me how when we go to those pre-modern civilization areas uh, or belief structure, how similar they are, even though they're all over the world. There are such common threads drawn in the human yeah. experience with spirituality that I'm like, that's the basic, the basic line before modern day religions where they started to be politicized and power driven to control people. When you go to those, those types of communities that are outside of modern society there's that there are so many of those common threads of that are nature based. And I, I'm like, that's where I feel like that's where I get my sense of like, I buy, I buy into this a little bit better. Like I, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. this feels right. This isn't, there's so much more balance. I feel in a lot of those belief structures between like the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, the, the, there's not a power dynamic. It's everybody contributes and plays a role. And it's not that this species is better than this one. We all feed off of each other. We all live together in that circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally, I really love that. I love the nature that you brought nature up because I do feel very connected to my higher power when I am, when I am connected in, in nature and when I'm, you know, when I'm outside and getting sun or in the, under the trees or just even, even sitting in a park where there's still man-made things, right? Like, mm -hmm. are you okay? Yeah, there's something in my drink. That's okay. God was not on your side just now. You know, or was because I found it and didn't swallow. Or was because you found it. Look at you putting a positive spin. That's how you're supposed to do it. Good job. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Finish your thought. That's okay. I actually got totally thought derailed because you just said that. And I was like, yeah, duh. That's so much better. Well, so one of the things... Like we always say, look for the silver lining, right? And I remember as a kid, when it, there would who be says that? Do we say that? 
look for the silver lining. I don't know. I feel like that's a global. You just mean humans. Okay. Humans say that. Okay. Yeah. Humans, people say, look for the silver lining. And I remember right. as a kid being like, it would be a rainy day. And this happened a number of times, but I'll, I'll never forget the first time it happened. I was riding my bike through our little town and it was raining on one side of the road. And on the other side of the road, it was not. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I found it. I found the silver lining. <laughs> riding my bike on the silver line right now. <laughs> I found it. And there have been many times when I've been in that type of situation where I'm like, oh, look, right over there, it's cloudy. Sometimes I'm on the wrong side of that cloud. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, I need to find my way to the other side of the road. <laughs> But yeah, I, in those moments, I even have taken pictures when I've been like, there's the edge of the cloud, there is the silver line, because it might not be, it, there is a positive to every negative, even when it's hard to find, especially when it's hard to find, and we need to work a little harder on it. But Leaving you... <laughs> Um, well, in life, you know, there's times I know. Where you work harder to find the silver lining than other times. Yeah, I know. I just can see your facial expression and I can see that, like, you're talking to yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Here's the silver lining. I can't find a silver lining to needing a new roof. I can't find a silver lining to my car breaking down. <laughs> there are some things I'm just like, I can't find it. But... Well, and it's also, I think it's also important to allow things to just suck sometimes when they suck, because that's also valid. And I'm sure there's a silver lining somewhere in there, but I also think that you're allowed to just admit when things suck and let the silver lining present itself to you instead of fighting to look for it. Trying to find it and trying to stay positive. I do find lately trying to stay positive is just not working. You can't, I don't think that forcing it is the answer. You know, but sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Absolutely. And, and, and I do believe that. And, and, but I also believe, uh, I believe that there's a balance is what it is. I guess there's a balance and some days it's 50, 50, but some days it's 60, 40 and some days it's 80, 20, you know, like I think that there is that it's not mutually exclusive, just like everything else. Some days it can just suck. Some days it can just suck. That's right. Okay. Well, it's been a sucky few months, so that's been hard. I think it's I also agree. it's also a little ironic that the day that we released the first spirituality episode and we were talking about like when I'm actually at a funeral, like I'm yep. a complete mess, and it was released on the day of our grandfather's funeral. Yep. And it was a mess. Although I think I handled it a little bit better the last time. Well, maybe the secret sauce is me not being there. <laughs> Sounds horrible. I don't think it was you. Not no, me. I was just <laughs> kidding. But I, but I also think that that was a good spiritual experience for both of us because 
I totally def like in the past tried to make myself yours and mom's specifically higher power right and like tried to be the buffer between you guys and had tried to be there so that nothing happened which was crazy town and you guys had a great experience without me and that was an important lesson for me because I was that's what made me realize like oh wow maybe you're trying to be their higher power in these situations and now you're you can't go and so you can't be that and they have their own they have their own spiritual guidance getting them through this (laughs) and you did I definitely feel like a lot of people were concerned about having to try to manage us through this. And I was, I've been saying for a while, like, we're grownups, we can just respect each other and be in the same space. And it's fine. Just because we don't need to have, we don't need to have a ongoing traditional mother daughter relationship to still be respectful of each other. We don't right. need to be managed. And that is something that I think the rest of the, and not just you, but the rest of our entire family is always like, like, is it going to be okay? Cause your mom's going to be there. Is it going to be okay? And I'm like, guys, stop trying to manage us. Yeah. Not just me, but me included. I totally have done that to you guys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I feel like everybody tries to manage us and that's not fair to you guys. It's not because we, we are adults and we're, we're, we actually had a a pretty good experience for about 12 hours of being by ourselves with grandpa and yeah, he was not conscious through it. So it wasn't like, I mean, theoretically he could hear us, but we had, (laughs) he was not responsive to us and it was, it was a good experience. I don't think it's the beginning of something there's like, there was a moment when mom said some things to me that I was definitely like, I was a little triggered at the end where I was like, okay, no, like, let's, let's be clear. You're not, these are the things that make me say you're not mother material. (laughs) Um, But Overall, I think it was it was a good experience to spend that time with her and not be managed by everyone or everyone being concerned. I think some old resentments showed up later as other people were around. And it was like, so I was with this person or I was with that person and not being a dutiful daughter type of thing. Like Mm. when I and I was being a niece and a cousin and with other people and finding space for myself and comfort for myself with the rest of my family without her and without trying to put on a show of belonging to her because I don't. And there was even one point when somebody said something, they were like, who do you belong to? And Aunt Laura was in the room and mom was in the room. And I was like, no one. I belong to me. <laughs> like, what are you right. talking about? I mean, I feel that about everybody. I actually got into a debate about this pretty recently. It's like this guy was like, "If I'm with somebody, I want I want to know that she belongs to me." So if she's got pictures of her ex on Instagram, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Belongs to you? 
nobody belongs to you. Not even your kid belongs to you. Like nobody. And, and he was like, what about your dog? And I was like, ugh, she has her own spirit. Like I take care of her. And like, so he kind of got me a little bit on that, but I, but I still think that, you know, I don't think any kid belongs to their parent. I think that I, I was think- actually in a session today and the speaker said something that like resonated with me. That was like, your kid isn't your legacy. Your legacy mm-hmm. is what you do and what you leave behind. It's not yeah. your child. Your child is your lineage, but they're not your legacy. Mm-hmm. And they don't yeah. owe you that. And I was like, but also, um, <laughs> as a parent, when they're younger, they are kind of a reflection of you in a lot of ways because it's, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a parent? Well, yes, yes, and no. I, so they're, I, they're, they're a little bit, it's a little bit confusing for me on that aspect. Well, I think it's a little bit confusing because there's a lot of nurture happening. You're not the only person nurturing her and neither are like in any child's life. It's not just two parents nurturing. It's the parents, it's the teachers, it's the caretakers, it's the experience that that child is having there's a lot of things that are peers yes exactly there's a lot of things that are playing a role in nurturing children and that actually takes me back to the spiritual conversation is that had I you know I love my spiritual journey because I was allowed to have my own experience and it wasn't directed and it and and it left me super open I'm a very impressionable person I will take on a lot of things that like somebody I look up to I will take like their word as fact and (laughs) I'm laughing because for the listeners, my sister is nodding along with me the whole way because it is really a big truth that I'm very impressionable and oh, I yeah. will <laughs> Oh yeah. And I will take I will take is soon like I've learned this about myself and I and I hope that I've turned this around at least a little bit. But like I start, I, you know, something, somebody will sit, stop it. <laughs> no, I still think you're very impressionable. And I really, really, really like there are times you messaged me something late last week. And I was so triggered by it. And I was like, and I oh could not God, respond. What? I could not respond. Um, you said that you feel like you keep making decisions based on what other people tell you to do. And I was like, that feels like bullshit because every time that I am like, this is what I think you do the exact fucking opposite and it drives me crazy. (laughs) So 
it's almost like you still rebel against me as if I'm one of your parents. Or once I get on board with a decision that you make, you're like, I changed my mind. And I'm like, no, wait, why? Why? Now I think it's a good idea. I... <laughs> yeah. So I try very much to be like, I'm going to keep my opinion about this to myself as much as I can. I try. I try. I'm not always successful in that. And I recognize I'm not always successful in that. But I have tried really hard, especially recently, to keep my you, opinions to myself. Actually, you really have kept your opinions to yourself a lot lately. And I've been wondering what the fuck you think about my situation. Um, But, okay. All right. There's, wow, there's so much to unpack there. Um, <laughs> can you, like... I feel like I need you to write that down. We need to talk about that. We need to unpack that. We need on to another, unpack. On another session. On another session. Keeping my opinions to myself? <clears throat> no, not necessarily. Um, the whole The whole thing that you just said about how you feel like I do the opposite of what you say and that you still that you feel like I still rebel you like my parents but that came from us talking about how impressionable I am and yes, you are there's a lot Very. there there's a lot there to unpack and it's also some stuff that's pretty contradicting but I understand yeah and I have questions as well so I think we need to unpack that um, on another episode right. of Sisterly Situation. I'm going to time to find ways to not say things in a way that might seem offensive to you. Well, I've, I do There think... are probably nicer ways than how I feel about your situation. <laughs> which is also why I'm like, I need to keep my mouth shut because okay, I feel also, certain ways. There have been some things lately that you've said that you thought were going to be triggering for me or or offensive for me or something that I wouldn't want to hear and like I've been fine so I don't necessarily I want you to like not be a dick about it but I <laughs> but like say what you think you're just because you have opinions doesn't mean that you're an asshole I understand that but sometimes my opinions come out in a way that sound like an asshole. So, and I recognize that that is the truth of mine. Okay. So I need to find nicer ways of saying. Okay. Things. Well, do that for you, not for me. Cause you and I are pretty good at breaking that stuff down. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes, not always. Why do you have such better. little faith in us right now? <laughs> Cause I have some very big opinions right now. Okay. But our whole, okay. 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 I our know whole that podcast... what I have to say would not go well because I know you well enough to know. Okay. I know our well whole enough. podcast is about, is based on the premise of, or are built on the foundation that we, we can be can honest with each other. Yeah. Conversate and these have these harder conversations that, and it's still a hard conversation with me. It's not being unauthentic to say, I need to take some deep breath. 
And I recognize, because we've done this work and we've done the growth, that the things that I have to say, the way that I would get those words out now would be in a manner that you would perceive as attacking. Because we've done that work and I know you well enough to know that you would feel attacked if I said the things that I have to say. Okay. And that would not be a fair way for me to go into those types of conversations or express myself. So I need to find better ways before I can express myself. That's not me being unauthentic or disingenuous with you. It's me saying I need to honor and respect what we've built with each other and not put you on the defensive. Okay. That's amazing. Good job. That is my self-work. Thank you. I just saved myself $400 of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Look at that. (laughs) Oh, good job. Good job. That was, that was good. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. But anyway, back to, so you said you started the, we started on this because you said you feel like you're very impressionable. So where do you feel like going back to spirituality, where do you feel like you've gotten the most influence or impressions from like, obviously your yoga training? Well, Um, not quite the training or the training in a different way. So it wasn't a super spiritual training, but I felt a lot of spiritual things through the movement and learning about a lot about anatomy. So I would say that left a big impression on me. My, um, but yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, lately it's my Al-Anon program. It really is. I've been developing a relationship with my higher power who I choose to call God most of the time. That's so funny because I don't refer to my higher power as a God like ever. Like, I believe in a God, but I never use that terminology. That's funny. Except to be like, oh, thank God that happened. Well, I probably didn't. I I didn't before Al-Anon. It's just kind of, it's it's more of a conversation that I'm having now. And it's, so God is easy to say. It's always always been Mother Nature. It's always Mother Nature. Love that. And and universe sometimes, but pretty much Mother Nature. Okay. I love that. And for me, Mother Nature, God, Goddess, the universe, all interchangeable. For me, that made my personal experience. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I would say that I would say that my Al-Anon program, and so that is me breaking my own anonymity. And I've done that on here plenty of before. I'm very open about my involvement in the program and that it has it has really helped me a lot been the I would say the main player in my connection and my relationship to God what I believe is and I think that goes a little bit to so we're very similar in a lot of our beliefs and things but one of the key differences between us is or that I see, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you go to kind of these communal things like Al-Anon or like to the retreat, the yoga retreat, or um, I am very, I like for me, it's very personable. It's very personal. So it's very much like I want to be alone 
in nature. Like it was even hard for me with my daughter on the full moon, like lighting a candle with her and being like, okay, so if we want to say this is something that bothers us and we don't want to deal with this anymore, it's a full moon, it's Luna's birthday, let's go outside, we'll light a candle and we'll say, this is what I want to get rid of. And that is such a simple, basic practice because now the moon starts to fade away. So that's why you do it at the full moon to get rid of your whatever it is in life that's not fulfilling you anymore. And it starts with setting the intention so that throughout the moon cycle, you can start to phase that thing out of your life. It's not just a, hey, moon, do this for me. And they wave a magic wand and waha, done. But it start, it's setting the intention that this is not working for me in my life anymore. So I'm making the intention with every full moon to say, this is what I need to get out of my life. It does not work if there are people that you want out of your life. <laughs> so for but you, it's a very personal practice. And for, for me, me like it's very personal. And even like with my daughter, who I'm very connected to, and she was totally into it. She loved it. It was uncomfortable for me to bring her into that, to be like, this is because for me, it was always something like after she goes to bed or when I'm by myself, I set that intention. My setting my intentions is something I do by myself. Being and even being a little kid and playing outside with my invisible friends, it was I'm doing this thing, I'm communing with nature by myself. I'm either playing in the dirt or I'm reading, sitting under a tree or climbing a tree and sitting there having a conversation with myself. It is, I really value that time by myself. So I love that. And yeah, for me, it's a very personal practice, but I needed communal things to people to teach me. And I need to learn different things from different people to grow and deepen my relationship with my spiritual side. Because for me, I also very much value, like I pray alone. I meditate alone. I wish I felt safe hiking alone still, but I don't. Yeah. And, and when I see like, when I see repeating numbers, like I'll, I see that by myself or with other people, some of the things, some of those things are a crossover and, and seeing repeating numbers may sound crazy to people, but I'm, I believe they're angel numbers and I believe that's part of my spiritual practice. And so, uh, you know, it's both for me. It's both a very personal practice and experience. And it's also, I like to have a community to share it with. I like to have people um, and hear different people's perspectives and experiences because I learn a lot and it keeps me open. It keeps uh, things fresh. I continue to be, I need to be reminded to talk to the magic of the universe. <laughs> um, I think that's very common. I think that's why we have, why the vast majority of people across different cultures have some sort of organized faith-based yeah. religion. I think that's yeah. why is because most people look for it in a community and look for that community to give them the rules or guidance or, and the teachings. Well, um, that's what it, I like about Al-Anon is there really is no, there's no rules. It's the higher power of your understanding. And that's a huge piece of it 
to me is that I needed it to be of my own understanding because it gave me that freedom. Hmm? (laughs) It gave me that freedom to see it the way I do. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) What are you laughing at? (laughs) I was thinking you need it without the rules because you have that rebellious spirit. You're a ah! you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Your religion says I can't eat this. I'm going to eat a pound of it. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're absolutely not wrong. Yeah. No, um, I do not one. <laughs> you're a thousand percent right. So, so you have to be, which is so fascinating to me and I think that's one of my one of the things that you're such a contradiction because you are so (laughs) impressionable but also so rebellious you're confounding in such a way (laughs) why do you think that my decision making turns into absolute turmoil and like such back and forth because because you're so impressionable and you let people influence you and, and I'm not always the right people influencing you. And I'm so much also trying to walk to the beat of my own drum. You are, but you're also such a people pleaser. Yep. And it's you also self sabotage. And well, yeah. Also, we all do. <laughs> there's. I know. I I know you, yeah. and I know what you're doing, and it drives me fucking nuts. I love you, but it makes loving you hard. (laughs) All right. I'm a hard person to love when you love me as much as you do. Yeah. I get it. You're very lovable. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's different the way you love me than most people because I'm difficult for you to love. I'm sure I'm difficult for dad and Jean to love like because it's Just hard we want what's best for you and right. we want to protect you and we can't and because and you're rebellious to anything we try and do to oh help you okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like so this is what we think you should do and you'll be like i mean thanks for that you're probably right so i'm gonna go do something else completely ah! <laughs> You're probably right. I am making a really bad decision right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. So this was interesting. It was interesting. Um, And I do, like I said, I do think that we could talk about this many more episodes to come. (laughs) And it obviously leads us to other things. (laughs) What? And I can't wait to sit down and have that conversation with you. I I can't wait to hear your opinions. I'm actually quite looking forward to hearing what you have to say (laughs) trying trying so hard to keep it all right maybe maybe can i give you a suggestion what maybe journal about it or talk to someone else about it get it get it out the way you need to get it out and that might help you reframe it in the way oh Oh. (laughs) okay (laughs) I've done I, I've done some unloading. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. All right. Um you just hit me with something today that I haven't had a chance to unload about, but I will rant about it. Mostly to my invisible friends in Melbourne. 
All right. Well, um, grab me the power to not try to influence too much or try to control because I can't control you. Okay. 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 <laughs> I think I know, but I'll let you. I'll let you have your process and. I'm sure by now you figured out what my opinion is. I know I well, you've been back and forth with me also because I think that this back and forth thing for me has been the most frustrating for you out of anyone. Really? Um yeah, I do. So huh. and I wish this is another thing for another time, but I really wish that you could worry for me less. And oh, yeah, sure. Let me just, oh, fine. good idea. Yeah. Let me just stop. Let me just turn that off. I just really wish for you that you could find some peace around me being a little nutto at times. So can I pray for that for you? <laughs> you can pray for whatever you want it is your spiritual journey and you can pray for anything with your higher power or your universe or your god or your mother nature that is the beautiful thing about this whole conversation is it's yours yeah, so you right. can have that relationship and pray for whatever you want it has nothing to do with me <laughs> thanks thank you i love you all right <laughs> Well, I'm back at you. I think that's a great place to say I love you. And... Love you. I'm going to worry about you. That's not like a light switch. I could just turn it off. Right. Yeah, I understand. I worry about you too, but I think on different, way different levels. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we both care for each other quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, and that's, again, that's not a bad thing. That no, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I just wish you a little more peace. I wish you, think you about a little me. more decisiveness. And okay, that's fair. That's absolutely reasonable. And I wish for you some easier learnings of lessons that you didn't have me to fucking with. too. Me I wish you could too. repress so many things so that oh, way you could retain some of the lesson <laughs> and some of the things and you don't have to constantly be reminded about ways that people have done things and you should stop trusting certain people in certain situations. Okay. Okay, I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So that's our situation. Thank you for listening and joining us today. Please download and subscribe, like, and comment wherever you listen. Check out our website, sisterlysituationspodcast.com. And email us at sisterlysituationspodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out my lovely sister's yoga website, consciousyoga.tv. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.